0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, today we are actually speaking to someone who used to be from New Mexico, currently in Arkansas because that's what his wife wanted and loves. (laughs) And that just goes to show you what a good guy he is. But I would like to welcome you, Nathan Madrid, to the show Motivate Me. Thank you. You know that we've been traveling the country talking to people about their passions. And you have a pretty interesting life history and story and I'm really looking forward to sharing that with my audience today because I think it can touch a lot of people but before we do can you tell us what exactly your passion is
1: I think um, in one word it's um, service Um, growing up um, with my grandmother um, she took me in when no one else would uh, when I was an infant and um, she uh, she talked. She had uh, this thing about saying I love you. Uh, when my grandfather walked out on her, uh, she said that's the last man I'll ever say I love you to. Um, so when I would ask her, Grandma, you know, I'd call her Mom. How come you don't say I love you? And she said, Well, I show you every day that I love you, in the in the service that I do for you. You know, the warm home-cooked Mexican meals that I prepare for you. Um, the clothes on your back, the the roof over your head. When you when you look around, you know, and and you see all the all these things that that means I love you. And when I hold you in my arms, and I play with your hair to to put you to sleep at night, that's me saying I love you. So, um, she was a, a doer, not a sayer. So, uh,
0: and did she never say I love you? Uh,
1: she finally said it right before she passed away. Um, she said it twice. Uh, right before, uh, right after I had enlisted, right before I got on a bus to head out to San Diego. For the Navy. For the Navy. Um, she stood up, blessed me, which was the first time she ever blessed me. She was Catholic. Um, did the sign of the cross and said, love you, in Spanish. Um, and then uh, shortly before she passed away, she said it again. Wow. So no, it was... I'm just, you yeah. know,
0: here we are, we're sitting in a park, and you're two beautiful... <laughs> daughters are playing just over there and so for you to tell me that right now after just having lunch with you all (laughs) um, thank you for lunch again by the way for my Mm -hmm. crew and I Um, and you know spending time with your wife and your girls and hearing that from you and seeing what an amazing father you are thank you it's hard to hear
1: yeah Um, there was she's she was definitely um, has taught me a lot of things uh, in my 40 years of life Uh, Some of the stuff uh, I had to unlearn for the benefit of my girls. Um, uh, She was, um, when I became a teenager, it was difficult to uh, rein me in with uh, brute force. So she was uh, what I call a Jedi mind master in the the Mexican uh, guilt trips. So I'd be like, Mom, I'm going to go with the guys. We're going to go out. She's like, no. She's like, I might die. You know, and I'm like, hey guys, I can't go. Mom's going to die again. you know. So, you know, or if I did something that she didn't want me to do and I got injured or I'd hurt, she would say, Yo te castigo. God God punished you. Um, You know, he was doing, you know, he was watching, he was sticking up for me. Um, So that carried a lot um, with my fear of being a brand new parent. That uh, that filtered into my early fatherhood years of um, not knowing how to be compassionate. especially when it was what I thought needed to look a certain way as far as parenting Um, and I'm blessed to have an amazing wife and mother and Jamie that she loved me through that she encouraged me to uh, um, to do some some self-work and just to to realize that there's room for improvement and and she's really um, the proverbial saying of Stopping and smelling the roses. Uh, My life is a lot more joyful, even in in difficult times, because of my wife and and the girls. So, part of
0: your passion and serving is to your family.
1: Oh, definitely, yeah.
0: But where did this start for you after you left your grandmother? Because I mean, she, like you just said, she was a big influence on you in that respect. But then you joined the service,
1: right? Yes. Uh, I kind of joined the service um, because of my uncle and um, I, I was mature enough to know that I was immature to go to college and to pull it off. I was a, a C-level student in high school um, and I didn't, I didn't know for sure what I wanted to do at the time. And uh, I thank God that he had his, his, uh, his hands over me and uh, he kind of guided me into the medical community at, at an early age. And uh, growing up with my grandmother who had diabetes and you know finding her sometimes unconscious uh, a couple of times uh, due to diabetes, uh, really scared me um, and One of my biggest nightmares was um, we 'd be driving in a car, and I'd look over and she 'd be there, and then I'd look back and then she 'd be gone and It's just me traveling in this car by myself, and i didn 't have control of the steering wheel or I was a kid, so um, I was always afraid of losing her. Um,
0: So when you were in the service, you became a nurse?
1: Yes, Uh, started out as a corpsman, um, and then uh, got training, uh, did about uh, nine years, and when I met Jamie, she had encouraged me to start going to school. um, And within a year, I had my associate's degree, and then uh, I applied for an officer's program and I got selected, um, and then uh, went to Texas A&M Corpus Christi for my nursing degree.
0: So what do you think your biggest challenge was when you said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to take a step? I mean, you know, it's easy to say my wife encouraged me, yeah. but you're the one who had to take the steps. You're the one who had to earn the degree. And I mean, a nursing degree is impressive, yes. you know, especially everything you're talking about with your childhood and pr- probably battling a little bit, maybe confidence issues and other things. But it was you who said yes to that, right? You who yeah. took the step forward. So what kind of challenges do you think you faced and overcame.
1: I, I definitely um, believe uh, self-image. Um, my grandmother raised me not to to be very uh, braggadocious. She said should would always say, "If, if you're good enough, um, people will tell me. You don't have to tell me. I'll hear from other people." Conversely, if you're not doing good, I'll hear from other That's people. the guilt. The guilt. <laughs> yeah, you got the guilt. It was always the other side of the coin as well. Um, so, I, I was actually struggling in my naval career uh, in, in the enlisted community, and I often joked it was easier for me to pick up a commissioning program than it was for me to pick up uh, E5. Um, and uh, so, just uh, having that faith—I uh, think having faith to, to put in the package—and I remember working on, on the package. Um, it was even, it was around 9-11. We, Jamie and I had just bought a computer from, I think it was like the Home Shopping Network. It was a compact computer, and I was in there plugging away, and I'm like, they're, they're never going to accept me. And Jamie was like, you can do it, you know, let them tell you no. And I'm just like trying to think of, you know, because it asked you, why do you think you would be a naval officer and a Navy nurse? Like, what what about you, you know? Um, so I'm sitting there. she And I, uh, I use my, uh, my, my experience of, of who I am uh, and my passion. Uh, my passion for serving others, my abilities uh, to speak Spanish, um, uh, to think well under pressure, um, to handle um, dying and disease, um, I wrote about that and, um, and kind of without knowing found out what the requirements were and talking towards the requirements instead of and again thanks to my grandmother, you know, don't didn't say because I'm awesome or this or that. I just I spoke to what my passions were and what my why was, which just happened to be what the Navy was looking for. Right and
0: what you could do for them. Yeah. In in the respect that, you know, I am I'm such a fan about letting other people tell you no. So what do you think that you've learned about yourself through this whole process?
1: That I am worthy. And um, if, if I don't do it, I, I feel that God has called me to be of service. And if I don't do that, um, who is going to do it? Um, and then uh, when I was younger, um, I heard a story and... It might have been my grandmother or, or, or someone through the church telling me um, that one day uh, after the resurrection, Jesus and uh, Peter were talking, and uh, Peter was scared. And then Jesus said, "Okay," and he turns around and walks off, and he picks up a cross again. And, and Peter's like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "Well, I'm going to go get crucified again, you know, because you're not you're not going to do what you need to do, so I need to go do it again." Um, and again, it's, it could be that that guilt thing. Um, but it just, it's given me the strength and the courage to say, hey, I can do it, I get to do it, and I choose to do it. And um, that, has, that has made the, the biggest difference. Um, I would say uh, definitely a, a lot of strength and confidence has come through uh, my personal development, uh, investing in myself.
0: And your journey in the Navy has brought you to so many places, including Guantanamo Bay, yes. where you were dealing with what there?
1: <laughs> um, those that we don't speak of, uh, the, the terrorists, Al-Qaeda, uh, the, the detainees that, that we have there.
0: Because I really think in all the forms of service that we're referring to here that, you know, people need to understand that sometimes service really pushes you and tests you and um, makes you look at your own morals, your values, your, I mean, to serve other people, especially in the United States military, I mean, the the situations that you face, this isn't just, you know, packing up lunches and serving them to the elderly. I mean, this is, you know, you were forced to be away from your family. This is, you know, willing to lay down your life if need be. Right? Because even though you're a nurse in the Navy, you're still in situations that most people would not want to find themselves in. Situations that push yeah. your your mental strength as well, right?
1: Yeah, and like just the, the nursing aspect. Uh, as a nurse, I've had bodily fluids on me before. Uh, when I was in Guantanamo Bay, Cuba, I actually had a terrorist um, make a concoction of fecal matter, urine, mm-hmm. God knows what else, and actually throw it in my face. Um, that was. Pretty, pretty devastating. Uh, it, for about two weeks, it, you know, my eyes burned. Um, I couldn't take a deep breath uh, without um, feeling it, smelling it, tasting it. Uh, so much to where it was difficult for me to go to the restroom. And then uh, when I came home, Emma was uh, she was just a year old, um, and I found it difficult to change her diapers at times. So.
0: So what is your overall thought on people serving? Because I mean, this is such a spectrum, Nate.
1: Yeah. Um, I've, I've been very, very blessed to be around some amazing father figures in my life. Um, Brian Bulkey, Jordan Kemper, uh, Norm Bryant, uh, to name a few, um, who, who speak of service a lot. Um, and I, through their actions, um uh, I've been blessed to, to see that service um, Jordan Kemper has this beautiful story about um, a red key and he was on John Maxwell he did a, a leadership uh, series and he was talking about this red key and it had to do with his uh, his purity his virginity uh, and it was a challenge from high school and he talked about how he was dating and a lot of people you know it was situations that came up that He could have potentially lost his his red key but he said i knew later on in life i would be looking at my bride walking down the aisle and i wanted to give her a gift like no other and here recently he did get married and uh, it cuts to a picture of, of his beautiful wife kristen and she's smiling and she has a red key most people have no idea what that picture is about but she's smiling with this red key and i'm like wow and he goes to say he's like leadership isn't always about what's in it for you." Leadership is is being of service so that other people can receive a gift that they have no idea what they're stepping into. Um, And in the military um, service, um, there's managers and then there's leaders. Um, And Some of the best leaders I've known, um, I wouldn't have even realized they were good leaders except that everything was perfect like things ran smoothly. When I had a bad manager, everybody knows. Life is horrible, morale is down. Uh, but when you have a great leader, it's just seamless. It's just, you get to walk in, and you get to really enjoy your purpose and your why, and what you're doing without the extra chaos that, that life can throw at you. And um, that's what I think services is, is, is being able to provide an environment a space and opportunity, so that other people can live in their why, and not have to focus on the drama.
0: What kind of advice would you give my listeners about pursuing their
1: passions? Um, live it to the fullest. Nothing is ever promised, um, and you never know—you know—when your last breath. Is going to come. Um, seeing that in the military and in nursing, you know, people that that are standing by loved ones, saying, "I, I wish I had more time. I wish I would have done this." Uh, people that have been in freak accidents, you know, wishing that oh, if I could just walk again, or if I could just do this or do that, do it today, do it now, um, you know. Being tired is, is one thing. Uh, missing out on, on, on something amazing, like a play date with your kids, that's, that, that's a price that's very difficult to pay at times.
0: Thank you so much for talking with me today. Thank
1: you. It has been an honor.
0: Thank you for listening to today's episode. I have come to be known as the 50 States in 90 Days Lady, a concept that is unfathomable to most. If you would like me to come speak at your event about how to envision, explore, and execute a plan, or how to create a life that is more exciting or more meaningful, you can find me at MotivateMePodcast.com. And the world keeps turning and I just keep
1: moving
0: along.